What's up, guys? Episode number 68, ACC Basketball Report coming at you today. I am Michael Hunter, ACBR1 on Twitter. We recorded this episode Thursday evening. Today's episode is with Jaron Anderson of Bustin' Brackets. He's also a recruiting profiler for North Carolina Prep Hoops. He is a Virginia Tech fan. Not sure if he's a Virginia Tech alum, but he's absolutely a fan. Uh, again, one of my one of my buddies over at Bustin' Brackets, which I currently contribute for as well. Really fun conversation. Um, all cards on the table. I actually forgot about this interview, and on the way home Thursday night, may have stopped by the local watering hole. You know, had a couple beers, had a couple shots, maybe got home, had another couple shots, and uh, and Jay sends me a text says, "Hey, are we still good for seven o'clock?" And it was about 6.45, and I said, oh, shit. Yeah, absolutely. So we jumped on. It was a really fun podcast. Towards the end, I get a little giggly, and uh, it, it was just a good time. Jay's a really good dude. Jay's a really smart dude. Uh, went to the NBA PA, uh, I'm sorry, the NBPA 100 camp in Charlottesville a couple weeks ago. So he had some firsthand knowledge. Got to evalu- evaluate some of the talent there. Um. The only thing we really didn't get to was the NBA draft, but it's okay because this is an NBA podcast. Those guys are gone. Those guys aren't in college anymore. This is a college basketball podcast, so I'm fine with it. Uh, we went over Jay's top 15 in the ACC Impact Freshman that he released on Bustin' Brackets a few weeks ago. Um, you know, maybe some undervalued players. Again, we talked about the camp. We talked about... Uh, at the end, we got to some some ESPN Lavar Ball nonsense, but overall, it was really fun. It was really good. I think uh, absolutely Jay is going to be a, a repeat guy, and it, it, I just I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, don't forget like, rate, review, subscribe, share. Uh, get on Apple Podcasts. <clears throat> leave me a review. Leave me some constructive criticism if you if you feel that's necessary. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like about the podcast. And we will try to make it better for you. We're about halfway through the offseason. Um, you know, talking to, to Big Cat with a K, Kinchin, Charlie, The Chimp, J-Dub. We're, we're, we're working on some content for you guys. I have a, a, a nice piece coming out tomorrow. This is currently Saturday. Uh, coming out tomorrow on Bustin' Brackets where I put together the starting five from 1979 to 2019 for every ACC program currently in the conference. Now, a lot of that stuff, <clears throat> you know, some of these teams come from the Metro. Some of these teams come from the Big East. Some of these teams come from the Big East and formerly in the Metro. So it, it, at some points when you guys are reading this list, it may feel like you're reading uh, a history of the Big East or a history of the Metro. That's unavoidable. I'm sorry. I just tried to put a good piece together. And I think, I think overall it was a it was a big success. I really hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys leave comments again at ACBR one on Twitter if you guys have comments. Uh, ACCBasketballReport at gmail.com. if you guys have comments, concerns, questions, anything like that. But uh, anyway, moving on to the interview. Here is Jaron Anderson. But first, Josh Kogi. Welcome to ACC Basketball Report. I'm Michael Hunter. I'm here tonight with Jaron Anderson of Bustin' Brackets as well as North Carolina Prep Hoops. 
He is a Virginia Tech Hokies basketball fanatic, I believe. Jay, did I miss anything on you there? Uh, no, and you pronounced my name right. Hey, you know, I, I do what I can, man. I do what I can. You know what I mean? So um, both Jay and I, um, I, I, obviously for Bustin' Brackets, I do a little bit more G-Tech stuff. Um, I do a little bit of recruiting stuff on my own for ACC Basketball Report. Jay handles a lot of recruiting stuff for uh, Bustin' Brackets as far as league-wide. In fact, a couple weeks ago, I uh, released his top 15 incoming freshmen uh, for the ACC. I want to talk about his list a little bit. I want to talk about the NBA Finals a little bit, the NBA Draft a little bit, maybe some under-the-radar recruits. Uh, the first thing I want to hit on, Jay, is you attended the NBA PA 100 camp. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I went um, the first. I went the first day, and then I went on thir- uh, Thursday as well. Yeah, it started on Wednesday, ended on Thursday. I didn't stay the whole week, but yeah, I, 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 w- I was in attendance. Yeah, it was my first year attending too. So I, slowly but surely knocking down these doors. <laughs> nice, nice. Something I'm trying to do myself. Um, through the through, I guess just the Twitter feeds that I was that I was reading through, uh, some other you know profile guys that were that were there, they seemed to be fairly underwhelmed with what tr- kind of transpired at that camp. What was your take on what happened? I mean, it's just from a I guess a, just from a playing standpoint, just the way I guess they had it set up. I mean, it it was kind of like. Being, I mean, you're 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 almost you were almost at it. I, I don't want to say say it like this, but I mean, it was almost like you're at another AAU event right. because it's like you've got you've got a hundred guys. Mm-hmm. Only only four teams out of the six were playing. I think yeah, I think there were six teams. Only four out of the six are playing. So you've got two teams sitting off to the side. Um, four teams playing, and then they're going right into games with like one to two minutes of warmups. So <laughs> okay. almost in your in, in the first five, ten minutes of the games, I mean, you can tell guys are like trying to get loose. They're yeah, tight. still cold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so I mean, it, it, it was underwhelming from, a, I, I guess, the standpoint of being able to put the players in a position that that, that they were. Like, so, I mean, I, I've been to hoop group tournaments, mm-hmm. I mean, not hoop group camps. So and you know at those hoop group camps they're doing drills they're doing um, individual stuff they got the bigs over here guards it, it just it just didn't have that feel and that's kind of what I was expecting that's my own perspective from right. it because I mean as I've, far as player I've, improvement I mean, stuff and as far yeah, as being just, uh, just same, going out and running same. it up and back yeah right right I mean they I mean they pretty much the media pretty much just had access to games and then we're up in one section where they put all the media and then the rest of the gym is, was pretty much unused. So it's just kind of like, you're just kind of sitting there in one spot where you, you can't go anywhere else because security tight. And then you're just seeing all the college coaches. So, and, and, and you couldn't really talk to the players. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it just kind of th- threw me for a loop. Cause it's like, all right, if, we only have limited time to talk to the players. And then it's like a media scrum during the interview process. I mean, shoot. You, 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 I mean, you, you get why some people just didn't, weren't well, feeling the vibe. What, what I saw was, uh, I think a lot of people expected since the college coaches were there, that it would be run <clears throat> a little bit more 
uh, kind of a team effort as far as people running some stuff, getting into the, the, the flow of things. Obviously, with only a couple minutes to warm up, that makes things difficult. And like you said, a, a lot of the consensus was it kind of felt like an AEU event, like Kaisers were just kind of out there trying to get their own. Um, not great high-quality level of play. Was there anybody at the camp that that's kind of stuck out to you as far as maybe elevating their stock a little bit? I mean, there were definitely there were definitely players that 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 excelled in it. But I mean, for for the the I mean, it's it, it's a it's considered a national camp, you know, top one hundred camp. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you you've got, I think I think one standout I I, I liked was uh, Marge Marjan Bochamp. I mean, that mm-hmm. was one kid I've never seen. I think he's from Washington. I mean, just in terms of his game, you know, you like what you see in terms of. <clears throat> passing scoring and you know he kind of played well within himself so i mean there were definitely standout players but i mean like i said just within your first five ten minutes you're almost in a lull trying to trying to wait for something to happen versus you know what to expect right i understand now i i have there's a couple kids that i've keyed in on i pay attention to where I'm a G tech fan. I kind of key in on Georgia basketball more than any other, because that just seems right. to be kind of a hotbed lately of, right. uh, of players. Were you able, I don't even know if he was there, but was uh Dwan Odom there who is a Xavier recruit, I believe. Oh yeah. Dwan Odom was there. I, I liked him too. He was probably, <clears throat> he was probably one of the most explosive guards I saw mm-hmm. at, at what I, I don't think he's six foot either. No, I don't believe so either. There was there was one 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 play he made. He was going full court. Nobody stopped the ball, cocked it back, and banged it. You're just like, <laughs> woo! And that's me. You know what I'm saying? That's me in the in the in the media and all the media people looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm just like, so we can't. Oh, we can't celebrate. Oh, my bad. Because right, I mean, you're just you're just not expecting it. So I mean, yeah, Dewan, I Yeah, I definitely noticed Dewan Odom out there. He was he was one of those guys. Getting steals, he's being up, locking up, and then on the break, don't jump. You might not want to jump with him because it might end bad for you. There was, there's another kid. Um, oh, I'm trying to find his name. He just jumped like 71 spots in the rival. He's a yeah, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner, who is currently predicted to go to the Illinois, but he just jumped something like 75 spots in the rankings for the 2020 class. Did you happen to catch any of him while you were there? Ryan Cogburner, no, um, no, he's six eleven white kid out of, of uh, yeah, St. I, Louis. I don't, I don't, I don't recall, I don't recall seeing him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I could have just missed him. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, with all, everything I mean, going on, I, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I would, I was more keyed in on. I think, I think his name is Zach. Fat. I want to say not without without being Zach. Was it Zach Fassenberger? Yeah, no. I think something. Another kid that something I along those lines. Another kid that actually a couple of kids that I would kind of keyed in on. Uh, Caleb Love, Dayron Sharp. Uh, of course, Sharp is a UNC rec- uh, commit. Uh, Sharif Cooper, who's out of Marietta, Georgia, who's kind of predicted to go to Auburn right now. Um, yeah, he wasn't there. He Sharif wasn't there. He wasn't there. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Sharif Cooper, Sharif Cooper wasn't there. I think Brandon Boston was though. Brandon Boston was Brandon Boston. I mean. That kid's I've impressive, isn't he? I mean, yeah, I've, I've he seen, listed as six six, but he's he's closer to six eight, six nine. Is that? Yeah, I think he's more yeah. six eight, six nine. Yeah, he, he reminds me of Brandon Ingram a lot. Yeah, um, yep. In terms of his game, 
<laughs> yeah, he's you know he was a kid that uh, you know G Tech fans and G Tech insiders they keyed on. Of course, he's from Norcross, and uh, yeah. you know as a freshman sophomore, like holy shit, look at this kid coming up right in our backyard. And I think they offered him really early, and you know we did, you knew that sooner or later. Duke, Kentucky, those guys are going to catch wind of this kid, and they're going to be all over him. And that's that's kind of exactly what's happened. I think those are the two schools that are going to be, you know, left standing for him as well. Um, oh yeah, def- definitely a high major guy. Yep. Uh, I guess the last guy we'll touch on is a guy that, you know, Mike Boynton's kind of made a little bit of a name for himself the last couple of days, hiring his brother onto his staff at Oklahoma State. Cade Cunningham was Cunningham at that camp. Oh yeah, Cade Cunningham. Yeah, Cade Cunningham was there. Yep, he was all over the place. What did you think um, of him? Did you get to see him firsthand? I'm, I'm, yeah, I saw him firsthand. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's as advertised too. Um, the hiring of his brother certainly makes it interesting, but um, I think they did interview him. As he said, it, it, it won't. He, as he says, it won't have any bearing on his. <laughs> oh, of course not. Of course we know, not. we know how that goes. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> what's your, what's your take on stuff like that? I mean, Josh Pastner did it at Memphis. With uh, with the Lawson twin or with the Lawson brothers, I mean it's not yeah, an unheard of practice. I mean, what, what is that a, a shady deal or do you take the trade off for the kid as opposed to maybe taking a less experienced assistant on your staff? I mean, you. I mean, you always do your research. So mm-hmm. I mean, you're like, oh, Kate Cunningham's brother has a job. I looked him up. I mean, he he, he yeah. He's not he's not a first time assistant. He's, he's, not, he's a guy. You know what I'm saying? He's not a random dude on mm-hmm. the street. You know what I'm saying? That that's kind of what I what I got from it because I mean, you know, he's he played basketball as well. And then I think he was an assistant last year somewhere. Let me let me try and look it up. It's say uh, yeah, he was he used to play at SMU. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now he is. Hold on, let me turn let me turn my ad blocker off. <laughs> 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 and then it, it, yeah, it says, yeah, he used to, yeah, he played at SMU for former, uh, former coach Larry Brown, um, and of course now I can't find where he coached. At. Well, point being, yeah, he's he's, he's not he's not fresh, you know what I mean? He's not a yeah, brand new not, guy to the D one circuit. He's not yeah. he's not he's not you know an AAU director that right. all of a sudden got an assistant coaching job. So I mean, it it. it I'm always one to say, if if it happens, it, it, it's allowed to happen because mm-hmm. I mean NCAA allowed it to happen. But I mean, I don't think it's something where everybody should flip their lid and be like, "Oh no, now we need to tighten up." Right? Who can be a coach? Because I mean, the reality of it is, a lot of these hey, the guy could be a fucking genius. Right, and you've got a lot of these guys who got cousins in the game. You've got mm-hmm. um, brothers. You've got you know, siblings in the game. So I mean, yeah, the other thing I think. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm cool with it. I I think five years ago I maybe uh, maybe cold shouldered an action like this a little bit, but the way that uh, recruiting kind of kind of goes along now, if that's what it takes to get a, a, a top ten kid to come to your school and get you in the tournament and you know put your put your program you know you know front and center and and help you out with recruiting in the future. Fuck it. Why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, as yeah. far as what's going on right now behind closed doors or in hotels in Las Vegas, I mean, hiring a guy to your staff <laughs> is, is, you know, the lesser of all ten evils. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Um, oh, and I and I found the kid's name. It was Zach Loveday was the kid. I that was the big man that I I keyed in on. Um, he's at St. Joseph Central Catholic High School. I assume that's in the Pennsylvania area. But yeah, that was one kid. Zach Loveday. Yeah. Yeah. Who I was high on from the uh, top 100 camp. Oh well, I lied. He's at Huntington Prep. So yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, was uh, was the Maker Kid there? I guess last question on the NBA PA camp. You said was the what? The Maker Kid, Maker Maker. Or oh yeah, Maker Maker. maker. Yeah, at, one, at one point they had him running point. At six eleven. Ah. Yeah, he can handle. He was bringing the ball up the floor. He was yeah. I mean, he was he was trying to show show his goods. I mean, he you know I I, I liked him for. I mean, he, he sheer size. I mean that he's a big big dude. And then. Now, see how he's moving. His brother coming up was advertised as you know small forward with handle. He get you know he gets to the league. He's he's more of a kind of a shot blocking center with with some skills. This kid has legit ball skills. You think? Yeah, I think he's got legit ball skills. And then you know unlike unlike Don, he's he's a lot more filled out in mm-hmm. terms of his his size. That like with with Thon, it was he was a lot skinnier. So I mm-hmm. mean that was always my thing with him was will will he put that bulk on? But with, with McCor, I mean, it's, it looks like he's already in the weight room. It looks like he's he's got got the agility part down in terms of handling the rock, getting others involved, and stuff like that. Yeah, watching him get into the lane and just kind of rise up over people is one of the more impressive things I've seen as far as recruits that are up and coming that are going to make their way into the NCAA for sure. Yeah, he, he yeah he certainly certainly got that down. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's roll into your your top fifteen. Uh, freshman coming into the ACC. You released this probably about two weeks ago, so we'll we'll run down through it a little bit real quick. Uh, Fifteen through one. First guy on your list uh, was Balsa Kropivica, who was a bit who was a big man going to Florida State. This is a guy that at one point was considered to be a one and done prospect, and has kind of consistently fallen bit by bit down the rankings. Um, what, what's your impression of of his game? Um, I, 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 I like his game. Um, he would, he, from, from what I've seen, he, I mean, he has that one and done potential, but you know, with big men, it's always mm-hmm. harder to evaluate them because of the way the game is going. So I think that's kind of why his, his stock dropped, especially being at Montverde. I mean, Montverde is typically known for having top, one, two, three players. So sure. I mean, he spent spent the last three seasons there. I mean, once they, you know, once the way they recruit and get guys, I mean, I can understand why his stock would drop. But I mean, I, I certainly think he's a guy at at Florida State that can make an impact right away. Um, without Bondo Cabangeli and Chris Kamaje, the front court is certainly a, a bit bare. Mm-hmm. So. So you don't think it's a it's a, a situation where his he's been exposed? You think maybe it's uh, yeah. maybe some other guys making a climb? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the I mean, like I said, with, especially with big men, I mean, it's always harder to get recruited as a big man than it is to get recruited as a guard or a forward. Because I mean, yeah, he's seven foot, but then you know how people are with the seven footers. Oh, he can be dirt. He can be. But I mean, he showed a skill. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't, he's not that type of player, though, right? Yeah, no, no, no. No, he's I a back mean, to the basket can, guy. He can certainly, I mean, he can certainly like shoot shoot a mid range, but I don't think he's like a, a three point shooter. Like right, that. right. Uh, kind of a traditional big, we'll call. Correct. Yeah. Correct. 
Um, 14, Anthony Harris uh, going to UNC. This was a guy that was originally committed to Virginia Tech until uh, until oh, Buzz Williams went man. to TNA. I know, I know. Breaks your heart. <laughs> I, I actually thought that he fit better at Virginia Tech, because especially because I believe he committed, what, two days to – Two days after Cole Anthony committed to UNC, he committed to UNC as well, which was, I thought was really strange. I thought uh, immediate opportunity under Mike Young. Obviously, Mike Young runs his offense uh, towards his guards. You know, Harris could you know most likely get on the court very quickly and have an impact immediately. Um, right at number fourteen, I'm not sure he's going to see the court immediately. Do you think he's he's going to be a player as a freshman? I mean, I think I think he'll have a reserve role. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I put him on this, just because I know he used to play with Armando Baycott off uh, Team Takeover. So mm-hmm. I kind of think that kind of played a role in getting him to UNC. I mean, I know he did a unofficial to do, and they didn't offer. So it, I mean, it just kind of makes it an interesting. Um, that's really interesting, especially, especially when especially. you know Boogie Ellis decommits. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah and, and, and then you got, you know, he didn't really play his senior year because he tore his ACL. So that's the other thing where I did put him on the list, but I'm, I'm, I'll am i be okay if, if he's that seventh, eighth guy off the bench that comes off the bench, they need a defender, somebody gets in foul trouble, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's more so where I expect him to be an impact player for the, for the Tar Heels because, to me, they really haven't had that guy that they can bring in and lock down somebody. That's kind of where Anthony Harris can come in. I got you. I got you. Definitely definitely can defend at a high level. One one of your more interesting picks to me comes in at number 13 at Kadeen Shedrick who is yep. a front court Kaden, player. Kaden Shedrick. Yep. Oh, Kaden sorry. Kaden Shedrick. Shedrick, sorry. Um, it's it's funny you read a guy's name a hundred times, but you never and then you realize you never actually said it out loud. Sometimes you don't understand how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> Kaden Shedrick, UVA. Now, I had heard whispers as soon as he committed that he's a potential redshirt candidate. Now I'm hearing that he may not be. And the Kafaro kid who's coming off, uh, I believe, a leg injury or a knee injury, you know, maybe does does one have to do with the other? Is he still considered a redshirt guy, or you think he's going to play? I think he'll play. I mean, I've seen him personally play against Isaiah Todd. He had a solid game. Mm-hmm. Um, they did end up losing off a uh, three 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 quarter court key that he found Isaiah Todd on at the end of the game. Ah. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of his game, I mean, fifteen point six points. 10.6 rebounds, 4.0 blocks, 2.2 assists. I mean, he's one of those players who I think has an underrated game as a big man, and he can also stretch the floor and shoot. So that's kind of where I'm like, UVA is coming off their championship. You know, typically with championship teams, mm-hmm. the expectations I feel like the next season are always lower from a standpoint of they just lost DeAndre Hunter, mm-hmm. Kyle Guy, um, Ty Jerome. You know, they got a lot to replace. But, I mean, Caden Shedrick is somebody who I think can keep them level where they were at the top of the conference, especially because of his ability to do more than just score in the paint. I mean, kick and rebound, mm-hmm. block shots. I mean, he's, he's a solid passer. He's a little on the um, slender side, though, isn't he? 
I mean, I wouldn't say slender side. I mean, 6'11", 200 isn't like, oh, my God. I mean, if he was 190, I'd panic. But, I mean, you know, a 200-pound kid, you get him in June, July. Mm -hmm. He's with your strength and conditioning program. By the season, I think think he can – he can make some noise. Right, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll up uh, number twelve and number eight on your list as both are headed to Coral Gables. Isaiah uh-huh. Wong, Isaiah Wong, Harlan Beverly, uh, both backcourt guys, both top seventy ish, sixty five ish guys. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit undersized. Wong's kind of a big point guard, but Beverly's kind of an undersized too. I really like this backcourt of the future for Larinaga. Um, oh yeah. Of course, you know I, the only tape I've seen is on YouTube, which on YouTube you shoot a hundred percent. Have you seen these guys live? I've seen Isaiah Wong about four or five times live. I haven't seen Harlan Beverly Beverly live. Um, this was one of those rankings too, so it's funny you pair them. This was one of those rankings too where you can almost switch them. Mm-hmm. I think I think they, based on their tape, I think they have similar games, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where. That's why I separated them. I think Harlan Beverly is a little bit more of a of a a, a primary scorer that that the Hurricanes need, whereas Isaiah Wong is that energy guy. He's gonna get you steals. He's gonna make plays in the fast break. that's gonna make you go, oh wow! Like, <laughs> he, he, you know, he, he's an exciting player that really, really gets after it. Like he's up, he's on the ball. He really, really makes you feel it. Um, in the Iverson Classic, he had 38 points. Um, then in another... Who's that? In, in which one week, did? Isaiah Wong. Yeah, yeah. So in the Iverson Classic, he had 38 points, which was in Philadelphia. And then a week later, he dropped 50 points. Oh, in the, uh, play In the play-by-play Classic, which is in, uh, I think, Philly as well. So, I mean, he's certainly a, an electrifying player that I think with Chris... It'll be interesting to see if they play him with Chris like just because of the size. But, I mean... In the ACC, you're you're bound to see, based especially based off the way the Virginia Tech Hokies played last year, you're, you're bound to see curveballs mm-hmm. throughout the well, conference. Well, so, even I mean, even Miami last year, I mean, people had questions about the size of Zach Johnson and, and Chris Likes. You know, it was more of their depth that hurt Miami yeah, last year than it size. was their yeah, size. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that they're a deeper team this year. I love the, the addition of uh, Nazir Brooks from Cincinnati. Um, I, I actually read an essay. Now, is he sitting or is he? No, I believe he's he's immediately available, I believe. Okay. So I've seen. Um, you know, Sports Illustrated, I just read their rankings that come out the other day. They put Miami at 13. I think that is. Wow. I think that's, that's four or five spots too low. I mean, that's that's. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's really that's even close low. to what we're what we're gonna see from the Hurricanes this year. I really like this yeah. freshman class. I like the transfers. Obviously, Chris likes I, is if Chris likes was six five. Chris likes would be the number right. one pick in the NBA draft. I mean, that, right. that's the way Correct. it is. Um, <clears throat> number eleven, you have Cassius Stanley. You also have, I mean, on this list in the top eleven, you have I think Stanley. I have, what, three. Yeah, you got three Stanley Moore. Um, Hurt and Vernon Carey. I'm I'm interested in all these guys for the reason that I've I've said for probably the last two years. Coach K is kind of mailing it in. Um, yeah. As far as in-game coaching goes, last year you have obviously those two ridiculous talents in, in Barrett and Zion. The year before you have whatever it was, four or five ridiculous talents where you can kind of sit back and let them do their thing. On this 
particular freshman class, you know, Stanley is not Barrett. Um, Hurt or Vernon Carey aren't Williamson. I don't know a whole lot about Wendell Moore. I, I think Coach K has to do some coaching here. Is or maybe I'm confused. What do you see with this this four man class? Um, I mean, what I see with this four man class is more depth, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of what they got coming back next year, and then they also got Trey Jones. So I'm kind of with you on that whole. They're going to have to run some offense, but I think that's kind of why they got Trey Jones back. Then they got Boog- Boogie Ellis coming in. Um, no, Boogie's going to Memphis. I mean, oh, damn. All right. So, yeah, Boogie's going to Memphis. Yeah. So, that's my mistake. But, I mean, in terms of having that Zion or that RJ Barrett, I really don't think there's one of those in that class. But Mm -hmm. that's where I think it'll be a whole lot more interesting this year to see how how Duke plays. Because, I mean, you know, you've got High Flyer and Cassius Stanley. You've got your big man in Wendell, not Wendell Moore. Um, Vernon. Vernon, yeah. Vernon Carey, you've got your big man. Then you've got your outside shooter, Matthew Hurt. Then you've got your other wing in Wendell Moore Jr. So, to me, it's like you're saying. I, I, I want to see what Coach K does in terms of the coaching, in terms of the plays. Because, I mean, in my opinion, there's no reason why R.J. Barrett couldn't try to average a triple double last year <laughs> but i mean that's kind of on your coaching staff to promote that versus go get yours right and we live in an era where it's go get yours right well but, I, I think uh, last year a lot of this offense is you know trey jones pressure on the ball you know zion shooting gaps and and once he figured out that he wasn't a, a good shooter at the college level and he figured out that he was completely unstoppable going left. You know, Barrett going to the hole. This is a team that shot horribly from three and was still kind of unstoppable when they when they got it rolling. I think this particular team looks more like a half court team that needs to run some offense. Oh yeah, in order, yeah, they definitely, they definitely, yeah, and that's why I say they don't have their R.J. Barrett or their Zion Williamson when they can just kind of just go and, and and it'll it'll settle itself they 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 definitely they're definitely going to have to have more have to do more work but that's kind of where i feel like they also have the depth mm-hmm. like last year i i mean they were a six-man team if you want to be honest yeah absolutely so i mean this year I, i'll say they probably like more of a seven eight man team depending on how things go so all right does does the loss of bolding concern you as far as yes. depth goes, yes, yeah. the loss of Bolden concerned me during the year because that's when their interior defense was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I guess Zion kind of had to pick it up in the rebounding category. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, I think they'll 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 miss miss um, Marcus Bolden a, a whole lot, but at the same time, Vernon Carey, that kid. He, he demands a lot of attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't remember who I saw him play against. I think I saw him play against Westlake um, a couple years ago. He was, you know, he's a guy that when he's on your television screen, he's the first guy you notice. Like, he's yeah. just, yeah, 
he looks like he could rip the rim down and and beat somebody <laughs> to death with it, and just and just take it with him. Yeah, <laughs> and just walk off the court, and everybody would be too scared to stop him. I mean, he just the man has shoulders as wide as my pickup truck, and it's it's unbelievable. Um, your guy at number ten, Jalen Cone. Jalen uh, Cone, quick as a hiccup. I I, yep. I wonder about uh, kind of his shooting, I guess, a little bit. I think he can get to the hole in the ACC. I think Mike Young is going to give him the ball. I, I wonder if he can coexist with Beatty uh, immediately because I don't think Beatty can play the two. But uh, what's uh, what's your impression as far as his dynamic on, I guess, his freshman season going into the ACC? Um, I mean, from the most part, from what I've talked to him, I mean, he, he's already said, you know, Mike Young's giving him the keys to the offense. So, mm-hmm. I mean – it looks like he's going to start right away. It 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 it, it helps that they've got um, how you say his name, Naheem Allen. I assume is how mm-hmm. you say his name. Mm-hmm. But it helps that they they've got him coming as well. Um, if they didn't get another guard, that's where I would have been worried. But now that so kid, the, the the he's a, he's a lefty off guard, I believe, just committed in the past week or so. Uh, you know, it's funny. He his YouTube film is a little bit deceiving. He's more of an athlete than he is a shooter, but his YouTube yeah. photo, his YouTube video shows him drilling triples. That's not really the player that he is, from what I'm told. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm told. I'm told he's more of a mid-range, get to the basket guy than a, than a, a big shooter. But that's kind of where I think it gives Jalen Cohn the ability to to shoot more mm-hmm. as well and work on his shot. Um, People say he can't shoot, or he's a shaky shooter. I think he's a soft, I think he's a decent shooter. I would I mean, never, I would never get that impression from watching him, watching his video. I think he's got a a nice looking jumper. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially off a mm-hmm. dribble, he's got that kind of you know crossover step back kind of kind of deal yeah. going on. Um, I, like I said, I think he can get to the hole. If if he's not a great shooter at this level, I think he can certainly he has the tools to become a great shooter, yeah. or at least a you know, a decent, a shoot. decent shoot. But I mean, but I mean, if we're being honest, how many times did YB, YB Sabidi shoot a game last year? <laughs> no, I mean that's that's your defensive guy. You know, that's that's your yeah. the guy that gets you into. That's what I mean. I don't think that he could play the off guard slot, which and then BD came back. So I was kind of wondering what that dynamic was in the backcourt. I, I was kind of unsure about how that was going to work itself out. I mean, I think they'll start them both. Really. Um, I mean, why not? I mean, who else you got? (laughs) 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 Who else you got? You know what I'm saying? That's that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. It's one of those things where it's just like you got to rip the Band-Aid off and and work through it versus avoid it. I mean, sometimes in sports we tend to avoid the obvious shit and we get shit. NBA draft 2019. Um, <laughs> but uh, we we just got to deal with it as people, right? So we just deal with it and take it as it comes. So, I mean, they're going to have adversity. Um, they're not going to be very big, but I think Jalen Cohn will be the measuring stick of well, where they're headed. And I think based off of how Mike Young has started off his tenure I, I i think they're in a good, good shape I, I i personally when it comes to virginia tech recruiting i'm always hands off so i always think kids are going somewhere else 
<laughs> oh, dude, as a G Tech fan, I feel your pain 100%. So kind of, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like, I mean, our rival is UVA. We ain't, we ain't beat UVA in basketball like they ain't beat us in football. So it's just kind of like one of those things for me where it's like, hey, you gotta wait and see. You took him down in Charlottesville a couple years ago, right? Two years ago? Two years ago, but Two years I mean, ago. we won one game. I mean, if we're being honest, we won one game in like 16. So, I mean. <laughs> hey, man, you got to take away and get them, brother. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, shit. I mean, we got we to keep it 100. I hear, so. I hear. <laughs> um, I hear. I guess we'll do, the, we'll do the Louisville guys together. You have uh, both Aiden Ijihan from Louisville as well. You've got him at nine. you got Samuel Williamson, who's a five-star. Uh, yeah. Shooting guard, swing guy at, uh, at number three. Ijihan is a kid that I love. I love the big bruising rebound, you know, break the, the backboard Irish type. Hulk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The Irish Hulk. Uh break the backboard type centers. Yeah. Ijihan certainly fits that that moniker. Um what what are your thoughts on these two guys? Um, Ijihan, I mean shit. Louisville could have used him last year. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um he's he's a guy that Ironically, you know, I, I I haven't seen him play, but I mean, I've 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 gotten most of my information from Jake Weingarten, mm-hmm. um, because he he's kept up with him. I mean, every game he had forty and twenty with most of the tweets that he sent out. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you got a guy going out there getting forty forty points and twenty rebounds. I know Chris Mack is like doing the Ray Lewis dance every time <laughs> you see this kid like ready to go, like ready to run through a wall. Because I mean, if anything, I I, I could I mean. I, if I wanted to, I could have put Aiden Ijehan in like the top five, but I mean, yep. I went just because of Samuel Samuel Williamson. I just kind of left him where he was because I think Samuel Williamson will also be another guy that will really improve their depth, their bench, really help when Noir might be off or something like that. Yep. So I mean, I, I I like Williamson to be that. X Factor guy for Louisville. Um, really, really got good, good. Like I like his shot. Like I like mm-hmm. shooting. I think he can. Really, and he's really he, he's a solid what six seven six eight yeah, playing on the wing. Six, six, yeah, six yeah. six one eighty. Um, scored off the bounce. Um, I think he really, really gives Louisville that uh, leg up on three with with three point shooters. Yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't know if he starts, which is. Oh yeah, yeah, not not to say he starts. I doubt. It. I mean, for the most part. No, I, I'm agreeing with you 100. I actually I really like another kid that Louisville has. Louisville has a loaded class, but oh, yeah. uh, I love Josh Nickelberry, and yeah, you know, one thing that I have I've consistently said in this off season is that I picked Louisville to win the ACC so far. Because there's there's no way that they can't play. You know what I mean? They can go small. They can go big. They've right. got they've got old guys. They've got young guys. They've got guard play. You know they've got shooting, coaching. They've got all. They just cover the bases. And I, I really like Malik Williams. This this freshman class, even at I think last time I saw them ranked was at number eight or nine. I think this is a top five class. I just oh yeah, I, you know I, I I can't see it otherwise. And, you know, whether Nickelberry starts or McMahon starts or, you know, they kind of go a little bit maybe smaller 
with uh, Sutton at the two, Nor at the three. I don't really know if they can play Iggy Han and Williams at this at at the four five together. That's interesting. Williams is kind of a stretchy five, but they, he Chris Mack has a plethora of options here, and I right. I absolutely love that. Oh yeah, and then and then you and then you yeah then you got Jalen Wizards and Quinn Zelensky who who can give you different options as well. So. Now I haven't I haven't seen a whole lot of Slezinski. What's uh, have you have do you have an impression on him? I mean I've seen I've just seen tape on him. I yeah. mean kid can he can shoot the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a power forward. Yeah. I think he's more of that two three guy, but that's kind of where. You're not sure if playing time will be readily available for sure, him, yeah. given all the guys they've got. You know, absolutely. But I mean, you hope that he doesn't transfer, given the way stuff goes. But I mean, we'll see what happens. I think that he he certainly deserves playing time. But I mean, well, I mean, if you're going to commit to Louisville with the roster that they have, and then you look at the guys. <clears throat> I mean, you look at their roster. Man's going to be gone. Sutton's going to be gone. Enoch's going to be gone. I would assume Wara's going to go pro after this year. That playing yeah. time is going to be there, you know, eventually in, in your sophomore season. If if you're a player, right. I mean, if if you don't want to put the work in, then you can you know you can transfer down and, and be that guy. It's not a big deal, right? Um, going down. This is a guy I don't know a whole lot about. I've seen a little bit of tape on him. He's. One of my favorite things is the big wing that can shoot the ball. You know, six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guys that can step out, shoot the three, take it to the hole with handle, and finish at the rim. Patrick Williams, Florida State, uh, another FSU guy. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot on him, but he looks very talented. You have him at number six. What's uh, what, what's your thoughts on him? I mean, he he play he plays. I mean, he plays big. I mean, he plays. He uses his size well. Um, he, he he's active on the defensive end. Um, one one of the I guess the first tapes I saw on him was him him dunking on forget who it was, but I mean he's got that presence of who was it last year? FSU had. Um, give me a second. Terrence Mann. No, was it Terrence Mann? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Phil Colfer. Yeah, Terrence Mann. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Terrence Mann, the way he plays, plays within the game, can can find his own points, but he's not trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. And you love guys that don't try to do too much, especially in this game, because it, it lets you know they can play with others. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, distribute the ball. But, I mean, Patrick Williams, he's that he's got that Terrence Mann-type feel to him where you get to the rim, make big plays, plays hard on both ends, um, I think I think he can start, but I mean it, it's up to however he gets he gets in he how how he takes on with the program strength conditioning program and all that. But right. I mean I I really I really liked his game for the fact of he can shoot it, but he won't hesitate to go and try and dunk on somebody. Sure, I, I think that's one of the rare things you see now with kids seeing more of their all-around game versus well we just want to shoot threes now or they just want to dunk well we're kind of seeing it on the florida state team right now i mean yeah M- mj walker is a guy top 30 kid 
a few years ago, 6'5", supremely athletic, and he's kind of been relegated to a a corner three hunting off guard, and yeah. and he can be so much more than that. I mean, he's he, right. you know, and and when I look at it's funny that you say he's this this Williams kid is kind of passive. If there's anything that this Florida State team needs, it's an alpha dog to go out there and be like, look, motherfuckers. You know, yeah, this is what we need to do. I, you know, I thought Trent Trent Forrest would be that guy, and I hope he can still be that guy. But this team needs somebody that's got some fire and some leadership. You know, more than maybe anybody else in this in this league, I believe. Yeah, yeah, because last year they definitely got bailed out a lot with um, the final Kevin Gallet, mm-hmm. the way he the way he stretched the floor, the way he played on the defensive end. Um, but yeah, without him next year, it'll definitely make it interesting to see how their lineup is because I mean there were a lot of games they had a different score different leading score every game or somebody played big and somebody played down so I mean that's where I think Pat Williams comes in and is that guy that's always going to play big versus the alternative yeah I mean right now he's listed as a shooting guard I, I would love to see him Play at the the stretch three four type yeah, position. Yeah, that stretch three position. Yeah, yeah that hybrid three, type. He switches. He's yeah. in the he's in the post. I think I think he's that guy. Uh, yeah, and I think that 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 works well for them. I I'm not. I you know Trent Forrest is going to play the one. Walker's going to play the two. I think you've got to. I I think Devin Vassell is a guy that you have to get in the lineup. He's. I think he showed last year that he's got the potential to be kind of a maybe a breakout guy yeah, yeah and they started they started playing him some more down the stretch yeah you know i mean so i think i'd like to see williams kind of settle into that stretchy four type player and i think you know he can he can beat you know acc bigs off the dribble or at six eight he can step out and shoot a little bit as well so i, I think that's a weapon I, i'm interested to see how leonard hamilton kind of deploys him over the course of the season Oh yeah, I, I am I am too. I'm always intrigued by 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 Lenny, good old Lenny Hamilton. <laughs> still kicking down there. Dude, the guy he is seventy. Kicking. He looks like he's thirty five. It's absolutely right. unreal. I need, I need his workout plan, man. For real. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, so the last two guys you got on your list, number five and number two respectively, Armando Baycott, UNC, Cole Anthony, UNC. <laughs> I, I like the Baycott uh, commitment for Roy Williams. I think it's going to give him the opportunity to get back in that two-big lineup that he likes to run with the secondary break. Um, Anthony gives him, obviously, a huge scoring punch. These guys team up with a couple really good um, graduate transfers. I haven't seen Baycott play a ton. I haven't seen a ton of tape on him. Um, he looks more of a glass eater, uh, a defensive guy, than a guy who's polished offensively. While Anthony is obviously one of the best scorers in the 2019 class, what's your uh, what's your take on these two guys? Um, I'll, I'd say I'd say the most impressive thing with for me about Armando Baycott is the the way he changed <laughs> his body and improved his game at IMG. Yeah. Um, when he went to IMG, I was just kind of skeptical, just because of, I'm always skeptical when kids transfer this senior year. Mm-hmm. But I think his game improve from an all-around standpoint being at IMG because you're around guys that are all probably going D1. Mm-hmm. And they won they won the Geico Nationals. And he's shown that no matter what his role is, he can do it well. With TakeOver, he was 
they're probably their cleanup guy, like you're saying. At IMG, he was more of the defender, rebounder, get the tipped on, stuff like that. Um, I think he'll do well at, at, at UNC, and, and, and he's got the recruiting going. <laughs> he is. He's, he's their best recruiter well. outside of Steve Robinson right now. I mean, the guy's right, always on right. Twitter. Right. So, I mean, he, he, he's got that down pat. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Because, I mean, he's your traditional big. He's not really that guy that's going to be on the three-point line shooting threes or giving guys that step on the perimeter. He's more of <laughs> that back to the basket, yeah. more of that Drop step body, and drop it. 6'10", you know. 240, big man. So, I mean, as far as how he'll coexist, I think Cole Anthony is good for him as well. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Cole Anthony – got the height behind him um it's combo guard he can play without the ball a little bit although i don't think he really play without the ball but i mean to to have a pick and roll duo of armando baycott and cole anthony i mean is baycott a guy that could that can do the pick and pop game and is is he that kind of player i mean he can pick and pop but like i said i don't expect him to be on the three-point line right kind of where i'm like okay so if you do pick, put him in the pick pick and roll game, it's like he can move well enough to be that mid range guy. He can move well enough to, I mean, he can he can see the floor well enough to to pass out of it as well. So, I mean, right. I I I think he's that guy that could potentially start to. Um, he's got other bigs in front of him, so that'll be interesting to see how. He adjusted that, but I think Cole's Cole's the guy that really carries this class like he did at Oak Hill. Um, what's your What's your take on Cole Anthony's shooting? You know, it, it's difficult for me because you know, unlike you, I haven't been to I haven't been to the camps. So right. you know, the only thing I can do is evaluate uh, release point, fall through, stroke, things like that. Um, and the other thing is, like, I've evaluated some guys in the past where I thought, yeah, that's really ugly, but it goes in a lot. So, you know, sometimes it's difficult. When it comes to Anthony, I think he's a he's a scoring guard in every sense of the word. Yeah. If I was going to kind of put a percentage on it, I would say at the college level, uh, you know, anywhere from 34 to 37.5% from deep would be kind of where I'd put him. Um, I, I think he's a guy that's going to have a lot more success in the blow-by game. Um, oh, yeah. Well, all his, all his videos in overtime are him dunking. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that's going to get to the rim and finish. I mean, he's – yeah, yeah, for sure. I You know, it, like I said, it's, it's difficult to say because all these guys shoot 100% on YouTube. So you're, you're kind of evaluating mechanics more than – you are in in a game flow situation, so it makes it fairly difficult. Um, as far as Baycott, I, I think he steps in. I mean, even if Manley is completely healthy, I think I think you're going to see Baycott and Brooks be. That's going to be the starting front court for 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 UNC from Game One next year. If it's anything other than that, it'd be very surprising to me. Um, I agree. I agree. Um, go ahead. But yeah, I think I think Cole 
like you said, I think he'll be more of that guy that gets more, more most of his points going to the rim than mm-hmm. shooting threes. Um, I'm a little skeptical on his shooting, even yeah. though he shot 36.6% from three at Oak Hill. I mean, it's Oak Hill. So the, the, the level of – I wouldn't say level of competition, but, I mean, the level of expectation is a little different there. Now, what would you say – what what would you say? Would you be more comfortable with, say, Leaky Black or Anthony Harris playing the one and Cole playing the two, or would you be more comfortable with Anthony playing the one and, and initiating the I'm, offense? I think I think I think he'll he'd be more comfortable playing the one. I believe so um, too. Yeah. Just because, I mean, the, the kid he rebounds. I mean, he certainly passes the ball. Um, he he's that potential triple double guy that could emerge for UNC, mm-hmm. but I mean, the likelihood of it happening, who knows? Right, right. Um, one guy, and I'm I'm kind of springing this on you last second because I kind of just realized that as I was going down through the list, one guy is uh, mysteriously missing from your top fifteen list. And I can't. Probably. And I can't help. Probably. I can't help but think it's because he's attending your rival school. Yeah. What's uh, <laughs> what? Are, what are your thoughts on Casey Morsell, who apparently put up uh, a really good showing at the USA camp? Oh, I love Casey Morsell. Casey Morsell. Um, the reason why I kind of left him off the list was just because I meant to put him on my under the radar, <laughs> but then. <laughs> But then it's like, all right, the kid's 54 right. overall ranked, so just leave it alone. Um, he's got a brother at uh, Maryland. Um, Who I think is going to be one of the breakout players this season. Right, I correct. fucking love that kid. I think he's going to be a correct. star this year. Yeah, so like his brother, I think he's got that breakout ability. Um, is but, he enough? He was, I guess is the big question. It, I mean, that's kind of where I, I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical. When I, when I have seen Casey Morsell play, he's been that volume shooter guy that it takes him a minute to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he's on, he's on. If not, you know it. So that's kind of where I was kind of skeptical with him. Um, especially in the conference they play in. WCAC basketball is... Like I mean, you could almost say it's like Division Two, Three basketball in terms of the level of talent, level of competition. You've got Gonzaga, you've got PVI, mm-hmm. um, those schools. So I mean, for me, because I because I've seen him play, my thing with Casey Morsell is is he a point guard or a shooting guard? And if he's a shooting guard, can he shoot it consistently enough to? last for you because I mean right. 6'2 I mean he's not he's not really that guy that you know, he's not Kyle two. Guy correct you know what correct. I mean I, I think that's what people need to get a hold of um, I interact with Virginia fans frequently because when you don't get on your knees for Virginia basketball Virginia fans start to come after you and uh, well I'm glad they haven't come after me well I mean you know <laughs> it, it's it's you know no matter who you have coming in as true freshmen, 76 or 78% of your made threes from the, the previous season going bye-bye 
is is an undesirable situation. I mean, you can't just readily replace re- replace that. I mean, it's just, if you watch the way that Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy read screens and play off screens and and get their open threes, that's not something that incoming freshmen are, are going to know immediately. I mean, that takes coaching and, and yeah, development. And, that, and and this and this is why I put Caden Shedrick over. Casey Morsell because Caden Cedric is 6'10 mm-hmm. and a big man in the paint that can block shots, change the dynamic on defense versus Casey Morsell is a scoring guard. He he has a solid floor game, but it's like you're saying, replacing 76% of your three-point shooting, especially in the ACC, it, you don't want to put too much pressure on the kid, but if he doesn't pan out like Kyle Guy, then mm-hmm. what? Well, I mean, and that's kind of why, and that's kind of why I was just like, yeah, I'm not putting him on the list. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've seen him play. I mean, you know, <laughs> I can take the criticism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but man, like, me oh, too. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm cool all day long. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. be right than hated. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I mean, I've been wrong before. So I mean, yeah, and I'll be wrong again all day long. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I, you know, the other thing. Kyle Guy was a five-star guy. It's not like, you know, he was a burger boy. He, he didn't just come right. out of nowhere and shoot 49% as a, as a freshman. The kid right. was supremely talented, and it just took him a minute to, to grasp the system. You know, Morcel, like you said, is is 50 to 60 range, which isn't bad. I mean, the kid's obviously talented, but right. he, he's not a burger boy. He's not a Mickey D's guy. He's not going to the Jordan Classic. It's going to take right. him a minute to realize – the the scheme the def- especially on the defensive end when it comes to Virginia yeah especially on the defensive yeah especially yeah. the way de- Virginia plays defense right? and I just I think that you know I didn't have Virginia in my top twenty five um, in June I, I can tell you right now that I will not have Virginia in my top twenty five this weekend when it comes back out and you know Virginia fans don't get it but when you look at what they lost and what they have coming in and the learning curve the complications of that system. I, I just I don't see how you make this team into a top 20, 25 team. I, I think I'd probably have them from the 25 to 35 range just because Tony Bennett is going to make it work. I mean, they're going to dance for sure, but yeah. I, I can't I, I can't say that they're going to be the Virginia team that we've seen the last two or three years. Correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. And, that, and, and again, that's kind of why I left Casey Morsell off the list. I didn't want to. I kind of wanted to focus on, I guess, teams who I thought would be in that conversation for top five teams in the ACC, and that's kind of why I left them all. Yeah, yeah. All right. So there was certainly reasoning behind it. (laughs) We're running a little bit longer than I typically do, so we'll wrap up with this. NBA draft last week. um, I thought the Pelicans were huge winners. I yeah. love I, I love yeah. all three picks in the first round. I don't oh, yeah. know a ton about uh, Jackson Hayes, but he love seems him. I love him. Yeah, I love him. I love who uh, who won? Who lost? And uh, oh, by the way, shame on my Celtics for picking Romeo Langford ahead <laughs> of Nikhil Alexander Walker. You you, right. you you want, in my opinion, you want Romeo Langford to become the player. That Alexander Walker already is. It's it's right. it's mind blowing to me. What uh, what are some of your thoughts on uh, on the NBA draft last week? I mean, the NBA draft was interesting. It was interesting for the fact that you had a lot of picks where you were just kind of like, 
after those top three or four, you're just kind of like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) You're just kind of like, hmm, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Uh, For instance, like with Charlotte, going pj washington that was interesting because it's, it's like, always interesting with charlotte you know you know like they letting kimball walk today too dummies yeah he's um, going to boston anyway. though so it's all good baby right 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 <laughs> so it's like you know you know you saw you saw pj washington get drafted you saw tyler harrow get drafted i mean there were some picks where you're just like guys went a little high but then it's like jeff goodman said after after looking at talent a lot of these teams look at character and if you don't have any character, then, I mean, you're up shit's creek. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I understood why Bobo failed. Because it's like, everybody, he came in with a lot of hype. His tape isn't good. Um, hey, 7'2", seven, seven, two, 205 pounds, coming off a broken right. foot. Um, that's, yeah. a, that's, you know, red flag after red flag red for flag. me. Yeah. Red, red flag. Red flag. So, I mean, just with all that, I mean... It was an interesting draft from a standpoint of the guys getting selected. Um, I don't think it was a strong draft class to begin with, but I mean, as the year, I think with these next two, like twenty twenty, I think twenty twenty will be a strong draft mm-hmm. class. I think twenty twenty one will be a strong oh twenty twenty two will be huge. Yeah, and yeah, and that's kind of where where I'm I'm looking forward to it, whereas. The game is changing a lot in terms of kids are starting to realize now the successful players didn't go to your Duke, Kentucky, UNC. If you're good enough, they'll find you. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm saying. If you're good enough, they'll find you. I was kind of disappointed Chris Clemens didn't get drafted, Mm -hmm. but I like him going to Houston. Um, (laughs) I got a question. I got to stop you right there real quick. Did you see where... Um, the guy on NBA Draft Wire or whatever uh, listed Chris Clemens as a as a forward. Did you see that? No, because one thing I will not do is pay attention to ESPN because a lot of them people don't know what the fuck they're talking. About. Have they ever watched? Yes, you know, have they yes, ever watched these college guys? I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, like like I think there was one comparison Jay Billis made with Nikhil Alexander Walker, where like he reminds me of Lou Williams. It's just like. <laughs> I get what you're saying, Jay, but that's not it. No, that's that's. Like, I, I heard what? that comparison All as well. Of the NBA players, and you pick Lou Williams, the six foot guy that came out of high school. Yeah. Okay. Alexander Walker's what six five. Six five. Yeah, like, rebounds the ball. Like, yeah. 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 Like, what are we doing? But I mean. <laughs> Shit, I can't wait to get that job and just mail it in. You imagine, right? Those guys get paid for this shit. That's it's unbelievable to oh, me. It it, it 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 boggles my mind, like how people still can watch. For, I'm sorry to get off topic. But no, no, we're hey, we're in my wheelhouse right now. We're we're so in my wheelhouse. Watch first take and undisputed, and talk about the topics they talk about. They don't even be talking about the game. Like they don't even talk about what happened in the game last night. They talk about Michael Jordan and Kobe and this. I'm like, dude, like let it go. Like, do do we have nothing to talk about? Like, we played a 48 minute game last night, and now we're talking about why Steph's legacy is turning. It's like, yo, like he played bad. It's allowed. Shit, man. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I'm sorry. I love it. I <laughs> I'm, sorry. Love it. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't watch any of that shit. And you know, the only the 
<laughs> the only time. It's ridiculous. It is, like, man. It annoys the crap out of me. The only time I ever see any of that stuff is when that stuff gets reactions on Twitter because I don't even have yeah. I don't even have ESPN in my house right now. Like I have I have Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and I have <laughs> right. a subscription to HBO. That's that's what I right. got. And uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, to see Max Kellerman pretend like he oh knows the NBA instead of just sticking oh to boxing makes me want to puke. And yeah. you know, like like, like uh, you know, of all the things that LeVar Ball has done over the past five years, all of a sudden, an innocent, the most innocent thing he's done. The most innocent comment, yeah, the most innocent thing <laughs> is he the thing that gets him kicked off ESPN. He said wild as shit, and now oh, he he insulted Molly Carroll. Like, who? Hey, hey! If you don't want to have idiotic things said on your program, don't have idiots on your program. Don't need to put him on. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, it's just like, come on, y'all! Like, y'all put him on the show, then get mad because he says stupid shit. But yet, <laughs> you 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 employ people that say stupid shit all the time. Oh, it's so fucking it's just like, Make your mind up. Yeah. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Yeah. What are we doing? Man. <laughs> I, I haven't. Yeah, you know, hey, this was this was fun. I appreciate you coming on. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have you on again. Um, oh yes, please. Let uh, <laughs> let my guys know. Let my people know where we can find you and, and what you're um, up to over the summer. You can find me on Twitter at Here Goes A Again. Um, if you can't spell that, I don't know what to tell you. Um, um, that's Twitter. Um, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But yeah, Facebook. Good luck finding me. Um, but yeah, uh, you can, I also have my own podcast, uh, podcast versatility. If you want to listen to that oh, uh, nice. Twitter for that is versatility pod. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want to follow me, I tweet what I want. So don't come in my mentions telling me what to say. Cause you're probably <laughs> going to block me. So there we are. <laughs> what else we got? <laughs> hey man, I appreciate you coming on. I really do. All right. Appreciate you having me. Shout out to ACC VR. 10-4, man. Thank you. Off. Take it easy, Thanks, brother. Sir. All right, that was Jaron Anderson of Bustin' Brackets as well as North Carolina Phenom Hoops. Um, <laughs> got a little giggly towards the end there myself. You may have heard once or twice over the course of that interview what sounded like the cap of a Evan Williams bourbon pint being screwed and unscrewed in the background while Jay was giving his answers. I cannot confirm nor deny that that was actually the case. Uh, again, we, we scheduled this interview six, seven weeks ago, and we pushed it off a couple times. I was actually supposed to have him on before the Slap the Sign boys came on uh, last week, but uh, it just, just didn't work out. He's busy. I'm busy. And uh, <laughs> like I said, he, he called me about 15 minutes before we were supposed to start and said, hey, we good to go because we had pushed it off three or four times. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the kitchen, you know, writing up this, uh, this 11,000 word article for busting brackets. And, you know, I got a little bit of a shine on and I said, Oh shit. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, we're good. Let me, let me run into the fucking studio and, uh, and get everything set up. So it was, uh, it was kind of a shotgun interview, but uh, I think it came out well. I had a really good time. Jay will definitely be invited back. Um, <laughs> he's just, he, he's a funny guy and he has, uh, some insights and some of you know the the ability to get into some events that I've yet to actually make it to, which is really you know something that the world of basketball recruiting is something that I I I, I try to follow, but 
you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an exclusive club, you know what I mean? To make it to these events, to set that time aside and to be able to have access to these events is, is something that I look forward to in the future. But right now I'm actually, you know, it's, it's difficult for me to make it to some of this stuff. I will at some point make it to peach jam of that. I can absolutely guarantee. So, uh, in closing again, like rate review, subscribe, share the podcast, <clears throat> get on Apple to our Apple podcasts, uh, you know, leave a five-star rating, leave me a comment. If you guys enjoy the pod, if you don't, you don't have to do anything, but, uh, I don't, I don't know why you're listening if you don't, but, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all you guys. Again, we're back for the summer after, after a hiatus, I'm working on some big time, uh, guests for the show, uh, current ACC assistant coach who has agreed to do the show in the past, but we could never actually work out of time. I have hit him back up to see if we can get that done. I'm working or trying to work on Tate Frazier from OSP to see if I can get him on. He's obviously a North Carolina guy. Uh, some ESPN guys up in Hokie country I'm working on. I'm, I'm trying to get, uh, I'm going to get Paul on for sure, who is uh, an ESPN um, show up in Blacksburg, Virginia. I just, uh, I feel like I've had Virginia Tech guys on. I feel like I talk a lot of Virginia Tech lately. Now they've had one of the more active you know, off seasons, but I'm trying to space it out for you guys. You know, I had Notre Dame on, uh, I'm working on, uh, you know, Miami G tech, you know, I, I talk G tech all the time. I know you guys are probably sick of it, but you know, I'm, I'm working on trying to keep in it. Uh, if I could find a Duke fan that I can stand, I'd have them on for sure. Um, Harold T little, you know, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk to him and possibly his brother, about the draft process and kind of what happened on draft night with Nasir. I think the Trailblazers got an absolute steal. I don't know how you come up with 24 guys that are better than Nasir Little. It's just not possible. The kid is just... the. You want to tell me the shooting isn't there? That's fine. I will tell you that the kid has been playing basketball seriously for what? Six years? Seven years? Okay, he's a freak athlete. the 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 way his jump shot evolved from the time he was a sophomore in high school to when he was going through pre draft workouts is exponentially improved. I mean, the the kid is learning. He's getting better every day. I think. I think there are probably twenty teams that are going to kick themselves in the ass in about three years. But that's neither here nor there. I'll brag about that later on. Uh, go to accbasketballreport.com. The new revised top 25 is out. I released that yesterday around noontime. Don't forget to go to Bustin' Brackets tomorrow. I will tweet that out at accbr1 for the all-time, well, we'll call it the 40-year ACC starting five list. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. <clears throat> I certainly enjoyed doing it. I hope you guys uh, enjoy the written material and talking to the staff last night. We are going to be back in full force on accbasketballreport.com very shortly. In the meantime, see you.